welcome to Healing the Patriarchy with Love podcast. I'm your host, Luna, and together we're becoming rebels of the heart, one show at a time. Hello, Rebels of the Heart. Welcome back to the Healing the Patriarchy with Love podcast. I'm your host, Luna, and I've got a treat for you all today, because today we've got our first guest on the show, Tyler Mills. Tyler is a young man who follows his heart and his intuition, even when that might seem illogical to others. For that reason, I have invited him on the show to share his story and to celebrate him. Tyler, welcome to the show and thanks for giving us your time today. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. It's really good to have you here on the show and thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you giving us your time. Oh, thank you, I, I appreciate you asking me to come on. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit nervous because I've never done anything like this before. Um, but for me, I like to feel the fear and do it anyway, because <laughs> in the past, that's helped me to to grow and, you know, become more confident and heal certain things as well. So it's a uh, it's really interesting timing for me that you've asked me to come on. Yeah, because um, a lot of my journey has been about learning to express myself and to, um, being heard and seen and i mm-hmm. um, I recently declared to the universe, okay, I'm ready to step up. I'm ready to put myself out there a bit more um, to help others. So, and, th- and then you messaged a few days after that. So it's, uh, I think it's meant to be. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that does sound like um, perfect timing, shall we say, divine timing. So that's great. So th- thank you for sharing that as well, because I didn't realise that was what had happened. <laughs> Obviously, we were both um, heeding the call at the same time. So it's good to know that I'm in great company there. So, Tyler, do you want to just kind of take us back in time a little bit? I, I was sort of thinking maybe you want to tell us what it was like for you and what your life was like. Like when you were younger maybe you know maybe sort of leaving school age or, or if you want to talk about school that's fine um whatever feels like a good place for you to start just kind of give us some background what age you were what kind of things were happening for you around that time okay yeah sure um so I grew up being a super sensitive guy um for the astrology lovers out there I'm like the most Scorpio Scorpio you can get. <laughs> so it's, it's been quite intense. Um, apparently with the placements I have, you know, um, it, it means that you're super sensitive and you feel things like a lot deeper than others, apparently. Obviously, I've got no way of comparing that. But I know for me, I feel things really, really deeply. And when I was younger, I had no skills or knowledge of how to navigate this. So I had a very challenging childhood. It was great. Um, it, it was really great. I, I always had friends. I had a great family. But I never, ever knew how to deal with all these intense feelings I had. And uh, so, <laughs> as you can probably guess, I was, I was a little bugger in school because um, I didn't know how to deal with anything. So I just, yeah, I just 
I, I didn't really pay attention much in lessons and stuff. Um, that's a different story. Um, so by the time I came to leave school, I, because I've been so sensitive and I didn't know how to navigate it, I'd built up a lot of defense mechanisms and a kind of armor around myself um, to protect my sensitive heart <laughs> from, from, you know, this, this hard world, because it, it can be a, a dark, cold, hard world, you know, and I learned very early growing up that I have to protect myself or I'm going to get extremely hurt. Um, so yeah, leaving school, I just, I was very much a typical lad. Um, I had this macho front. Uh, anyone on the outside would have thought I was one of the toughest, <laughs> you know, a really tough, confident, um, secure person, I guess. Um, but underneath that, this was a massive overcompensation for, for ultimately uh, feeling fear because all those other things were just, just to cover, cover the fear of being hurt. So anyway, um, so I went into college and I did a sports course at college and that was pretty cool. And then I came out, did a couple of jobs and, and Around this age, I was, I became really obsessed with becoming su successful or what society calls successful. You know, big business, fancy car, big house, being able to travel the world, all this money and, and people looking up to me. And so this was really intense for me. So I started working and I kept myself extremely busy all the time. Um, I, it, it got so severe that I wouldn't even let myself like sit down and watch a film or something on an evening to chill out because I'd have these thoughts coming in like, oh, you can't sit and watch a film. You'll be a loser forever. <laughs> or like, um, you know, I could be doing, you, the thoughts would be coming in saying, you could be doing a lot more productive things with your time than sat around watching a film, you know? So I could never sit still. I'd always be, looking for new business ideas, working on a business, um, you know, just constant, constant, constant going. And I always, I believed my mind when it was telling me, you know, when I achieve this, then I'll be happy. When I get this status, then I'll be happy. When I get, you know, I had this weird idea of when I get 10,000 pound a month, then I'll be happy, right? So um, as time goes on, uh, I do various jobs and I land a really good job working for, for a pharmaceutical company. Well, I was working for an electrical engineering company on a pharmaceutical site. And um, it was pretty good money there. It was probably the best money I'd been on up until this point. And then this company asked me to go and work down south. And we could basically do as many hours as we wanted. And it was incredible money, absolutely incredible money. I, like I, when I got my pay slip, I had to slap myself to like check that it was real because for me growing up in a family that didn't have that much money to then getting a good job that was good money and then like incredible money, it, it almost didn't feel real. And uh, for the first few months of receiving this amount of money, 
um, I felt like a king. <laughs> I, you know, I, I had this buzz and, you know, I thought I'd made it. I thought, right, this is it. I'm going to be happy now. Um, I can do everything I want because it was almost the figure that I'd had my mindset on per month. And, you know, but I realised really quickly that that buzz started to wear off. And this, you know, the, the feeling of that void creeps in and then we start to think, oh, I'm not, this is not actually fulfilling me. What? And I, I was confused because I was like, what's going on? I'm meant to be happy. Like, I'm meant to be happy with this money. I'm meant, but what I realised was, because I didn't like the job, I was only there for the money. And obviously, I realised over time that money on its own cannot make you happy. It's just an external thing. So it was a big shock for me to get there and realise that it doesn't actually make me happy. But it was a, it was a massive learning curve for me. Massive. Um, and I'd noticed that pattern a few times in my life as well, where I get my mind set on something. For instance, my van that I've got now and I converted it to a camper. Before I had the van, I just got the idea. My mind was like obsessed with getting this van. And it's almost as if the mind is saying, you know, I need this van to be happy. I need to get this thing to, to be fulfilled. And then I got it. I had the buzz for about a week or two. And I was like, oh, it's just a van, isn't it? It's just, it's just material things. It's... So, yeah, I've had quite a few things that have the same patterns come up. And I, I've come to learn. Actually, sorry, before I go there, I'll, I'll continue with the... So I was at this incredible job, incredible money, and they promised me and my friend that we were going to do this training course to get a qualification, blah, blah, blah. And then two weeks later, they brought us in the office and said, we're, we're letting you go, there's not enough work. So <laughs> it had gone from being promised this thing to being let go. And I thought I would be unhappy. I thought I'd be annoyed that they were letting us go, but I was actually really happy. I was like, what is going on? Why am I happy about losing thousands of pounds a week? Like, I was like, my mind, <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Like my whole like idea of everything is being shook up. Like, uh, so anyway, because I've been working about 84 hours a week on and off for like a year, I was exhausted and I thought, you know what, I'm going to take some time off. So I took about six months off work and uh, my savings started to go down and down. So I was like, right, I need to find a way to start earning again. And one of my friends who has a hair salon in Ulverston, um, she has a beauty room that people would rent for like massages and things like that. And uh, after I'd been laid off, I looked on Facebook and she was advertising this room for rent because the person who'd been there for years had just left. And so I just sent her a message and I said, um, what do you think about me um, getting your room and doing like phone and computer repairs from there? Um, and she said, and she rang me straight after and she said, oh my God, this is insane. You're not going to believe this. And she said, I was just about to message you the same thing. Right. <laughs> and, uh, Bear in mind, I hadn't spoken to her for about a year because I've been working away and I hadn't done phone repairs for about three and a half, four years. 
And I just realized that I missed out of my actual <laughs> introduction to my working life that I'd done phone repairs previously. But anyway, yeah, so, and then I started here. Um, I've been here five years now, but the first year getting this business going was incredibly difficult. I, I didn't pay myself hardly anything for the first year and I used the last of my savings. So, and that, that was a big, big challenge for me because I always like to have this security net of like a few thousand pounds sat there just in case. And what it forced me to do was put all that money into there and it was like stepping into the unknown and it was quite scary you know like on that first year I nearly gave up about 100 times but and then you know I'd I'd go home have a sleep after a day of thinking I need to quit and then there's there's just something inside me that was just saying you know you need to keep going with this you need to keep going so then I go back fresh (laughs) and somehow managed it through that first year and you know it was it was it was like it was a, a test because one year to the day of being open, my my um, incoming income for the business just started to rise, and then ever since then, I've always been able to pay myself a wage each week, and you know, it taught me a lot because previously to that, I would give up on stuff after about. 15 seconds if it didn't work <laughs> if it wasn't a millionaire after two weeks and I wasn't interested um but yeah so it taught me that and then through having this business I've gone from earning incredible money to earning a lot lot less but we, what, what's what was really strange to me was earning a lot less I was a lot happier and I'm like, what is going on? Like, (laughs) um, and so I started to look at it. I started to look, why is this making me happier? And I realized that with my business, I've got more choice. I've got more time freedom. I built it around me and what I need for my life. And having this business has allowed me time to go on things like retreats that I'm going to talk about a little bit. you know, retreats and courses that have helped me, that have helped me to open up. Because um, the start of this business kind of lines up with the start of my journey, well, what I would probably call a spiritual journey, um, or personal growth journey. Um, so if you want, I can, I can go into that a little bit. Yeah, that'd be great. But I just want to say um, thank you for being so brave and talking so openly about you know being a sensitive man because I think that's very hard for men to do it's hard for anyone to do and extra hard for sensitive people to do and probably extra extra hard for sensitive men to do so thank you so much for being honest about that and what was really apparent to me when you were talking was you know that um I could feel the Scorpio through your path you know that kind of um intense (laughs) process of finding your truth which is a very Scorpio thing of course um although not not just for Scorpios um we all go on that to degrees but I think Scorpios really that's something that you really do very well in your lives 
So thank you for sharing that. And yeah, yeah, I'd love, I would absolutely love to know what happened from there and about your spiritual journey. Do you want to share some about that with us? Yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, you, you're right. It, it is really hard, especially for sensitive people to open up and especially guys. Yeah. Um, but I'm lucky. Well, I'm very grateful for my path because it's helped me go from, which I'm going to explain now, but it's helped me to, it's helped me to embrace that and realize that it's more of a gift than a curse. <laughs> what well, if you'd asked me when I was younger, I would have thought it was a curse, but yeah. it's actually an incredible gift when we learn to navigate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think it's really important now that, that men know it's okay to open up because, you know, the suicide rates and stuff are just ridiculously high. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I, I'm wanting to step up because I feel my story and, uh, you know, my story and my evolution can help people to realise that it's okay. But so I'll, I'll just talk you through my journey because it's been quite a long process. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, the start of my business kind of lined up with the start of my um, path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was just after the first year of being open um i i was out to lunch with a friend and we we both got this email from um julie wise i'm not sure if you know who that is but she's really she's really great she does soul readings and all this type of stuff and uh she sent out an email saying about this retreat in sammy ling in scotland Mm -hmm. which is the first tibetan buddhist temple in the western world I believe anyway. Um, but yeah, so me and my friend just saw this email because we'd previously had soul readings off her, which yeah. I can go into in a bit if you want. Um, and so anyway, we both like, oh, I'd really like to go on this. It sounds cool. And I'd never done anything like that. I just felt like I felt drawn to it for some reason, even though the things they were talking about doing, I'd never really dabbled into like meditation and Tai Chi you know, a bit of shamanic stuff. And mm. I didn't even know what that was. Um, <laughs> so, but something in me was like, you should go try it out. Um, so, but basically I had no money. I had <laughs> I just put all my money into my business. I just started to earn again. So I owed a bit out, so I was skint. Um, and my friend was, I considered him to be a bit of the, one of these woo-woo spiritual people. Um, <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, let's just ask the universe to bring us this money and all this. And I was like, yeah, all right, mate. I'd I'd never really been into that type of stuff. I was like, you know, I've got nothing to lose. So I was like, okay. So I said in my head, universe, please bring me 350 pounds within the next 30 days so I can book this retreat. If I'm meant to go, please send me the money. And (laughs) it's really funny. I went back to work after, after lunch did a bit of work and then I noticed I had a notification on my phone from eBay and uh, I'd had a guitar listed up on eBay for about a month. I'd had no interest, not, not one bid, not one message. And it was up for about 450 quid or something like that. Mm-hmm. And some guy had messaged me. Um, Hi mate, looking at your guitar. I'm uh... sorry, one second.
really sorry about that. I thought I disconnected it. That's okay. Um, first calling, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Can you talk about your guitar. Ah, yes. So, um, I, so the mess. I opened the message. I've just disconnected that, and it's still ringing. How weird <laughs> is that? Literally pulled the power out of it. Anyway, um, so it's just trying to throw me off course. This is the universe testing me to see if I'm going to get nervous and go off course. You see. <laughs> Right, so the message on eBay said, hi mate, just looking at your guitar, looks really cool. I wondered if you would accept 350 pounds, right? And I was like, no way. And I looked at the time that he sent the message and it was yeah. five minutes after me and my friend had um, sat on that bench and asked for the money to come. I was like, Brilliant. what the hell is, because this is like all brand new to me. I'd never like, it's like, first it was that weird um, coincidence with getting this business and then I was here for a bit and then there was this and then looking back now it's just incredible how it's all lined up because I went on that retreat and I think I was like 25 and the rest of the people were probably between 45 and 70 so I was by far <laughs> the youngest and there was only a couple of guys as well and there was about probably 25 women and probably two or three guys yeah so yeah I went there and started to learn about meditation started to learn about the mind and the ego started to learn um techniques of mindfulness through like tai chi and did some shamanic work as well which is really interesting um <clears throat> but yeah what I found was because it was such a safe space where there was no judgment everyone was there just to heal and grow um, is a real, real safe space to be able to open up. And I opened up a little bit on that first one, but not that much. But that little bit was massive for me because I would not even open up to my own mum. You know, like I, I wouldn't open up to anyone. Yeah. So it was a massive leap, even though it was just a, a small thing. It was a massive leap for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I went away from that. And then I started to implement meditation. I learned so much about the mind and how our minds are so mischievous and how the mind causes us so much unnecessary suffering. And, you know, just, just through observing it, we can take the power away from, we can take the power that it has over us away from it. And so I just started implementing this over the next year. And I noticed a drastic increase in like inner peace. It sounds hippie and stuff, but I was just way more peaceful and, way more chilled out and you know growing up through suppressing all my feelings I, I had been a really angry person um really stressed and really angry so to find this was an absolute godsend for me I was like oh it's like just a massive like weight off my shoulders and it's just beautiful and um yeah so the following year I went back again and I went a bit deeper I opened up a bit more and yeah over the past few years um, I've, I've worked with Julie Wise and Greg Horner. That, that's who ran the retreats. And these guys are incredible. They've been a massive, massive part in my journey. So I'd like to just, you know, sit, show my appreciation to them. And mm -hmm. if anyone was interested in, like, authentic healing work, um, you know, Julie Wise, she has a website, juliewise.co.uk, and Greg Horner, 
uh, his is greghorner.org. Those guys are incredible. So, um, yeah, just a massive thank you to those. Um, so, yeah, like, and it's probably been about five, six years now since I started this journey. And just through doing these events like once a year and then implementing all the stuff that I've learned throughout the time that I'm not there, it's just, I've just, connected with myself more on I think the best way to put it is those events helped me to remove parts of me that weren't actually me <laughs> you know the parts that we picked up as coping mechanisms the the parts of us that we've been conditioned to believe is us um you know society tells you you're a man you should be strong you should be you shouldn't be emotional because it makes you weak you shouldn't all this stuff that you know we're told we, we we learn that and I've the personal growth has actually been an unlearning process when we strip away everything that we're not it reveals what we are and who we are and connecting with that for me has been the most amazing thing and you know it's it's been a very scary um, beautiful, frightening, magical journey. And it, it's been all those, you know, because I'm, for instance, part of my healing journey, there's been, there's been a lot of like panic attacks and stuff, which is releasing, releasing um, emotion, trapped emotions mm -hmm. and things like that. And so, yeah, like after the, second retreat I went on just having a drink um so after the second retreat I went on I had I broke up with my my daughter's mum who had been with nine years oh, yeah. and I would say this is where my journey started to get really really intense um because you know I, I was unhappy in the relationship for a while and we both were you know and we knew it wasn't right but we kept following our mind instead of our heart and we stayed there you know we can fix this we can push through like you know like the toxic masculine um <clears throat> just push through push through everything but <laughs> you know we can fight fight to make this good and it's like you know i i, I realized after a while that you know some things have their time and then you know you, you follow your heart and you step away from it and you know since we stepped away from it, it, it it's been incredible um it's been really hard it's been really dark times but really magical times as well um i think for me that had to happen because as you know you have to be in a safe space to open up more so i think it was time for me to open up more and yeah, the breakup did that for me. So after we broke up, I just started to have these crazy emotional releases where I'd just be sat there fine. And then I just like have this like hysteric, like this, this like wave of emotion just force its way up. And just, I'd just be like hysterically crying and like having like panic attack, like struggling to breathe and all this stuff. And yeah, it's really intense. Um, 
but at, after the first one of those happened, after it had left, I, I felt tired because obviously there'd been like a big release, but I also felt like a massive weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And as the days and weeks went on, I just felt lighter and lighter. And then uh, and I was at my friend's house one day and I just started to feel like vibrating in my hands. And I tried to distract myself away from it because I don't really, I really struggle with um, the unknown. So when I, when I have something, because I've got more body awareness now through the practices I've done, when I get little things in my body, my mind can be like, oh, what's this? What, you know, you must be ill, you're going to die, <laughs> all, all this mad stuff. But um, so I started to like distract myself from it. And then over the next 10 minutes, this like shaking feeling like spread over my whole body. And I collapsed on my friend's floor and I had like, it, it was like I was having a fit on the floor. And I honestly thought I was dying, but I was like hysterically crying, right? But my body was spasming as if I was having like a fit. And then as I started to have all these dark thoughts, like, oh God, you must have a brain tumor or something. You're going to die. And then I started hysterically laughing. And then I was like, huh. It can't be that bad because if I'm laughing, you know, I must be all right. But anyway, I had this episode that lasted probably about half an hour. And when it subsided, I just sat up on his floor and I was like, I was absolutely exhausted. But again, I felt like I just released about 10 lifetimes worth of emotion. And, you know, I've, I've come to realize now that everything we've ever suppressed has to come out at some point. And, you know, that can come out through um, physical illnesses, I believe. It's my opinion. Um, and I also believe that it can come out as a men mental illness as well. And I think that's possibly why a lot of people are struggling now, because we've all got like so much suppressed stuff that we just keep down because we've been conditioned to distract ourselves, run away from uncomfortable feelings. And, you know, I think because we have a belief that some emotions are good and some emotions are bad, we have a tendency to try and um, run away from the, the perceived bad ones. But for me, emotions are just emotions. They're not good or bad. They're just showing you something that needs to be looked at. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's been a, a gradual process for me. I'm opening up. And just, you know, I think if people can, just putting yourself out of your comfort zone in a safe way, a little bit, whenever you can, like it causes massive leaps in growth and healing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if, if there's anything you want to uh, speak about that. Yeah, sure. God, some of that sounded so frightening. Um, so thank you for opening up and sharing that with us. And it certainly does sound like you've been on a very deep path. And I love that advice that you've just given to, you know, step out the comfort zone, because really that is where the magic happens, isn't it? Um, and I think how we keep ourselves stuck and stagnant is by not going outside our comfort zones. 
have you got any other advice that you would give to sensitive people that are maybe struggling to um, speak to people or to change their lives or the maybe like you were saying from the start you know they're suppressing it what what advice would you have for them um so what I've learned for me what works for me and through working with others um what seems to work is when we have uncomfortable feelings um if we just take ourselves to a quiet place and just sit with them and just just focus your attention on them and it it can be very uncomfortable but that's the process that helps um helps the emotion to not get stuck so we're supposed to feel emotions then they're supposed to pass through so you know emotion emotion is energy energy in motion so it's supposed to move it's not meant to get stuck so but through us distracting ourselves pushing it away and keeping busy we don't allow it to process so it gets stuck and then we trap it with stories in the mind you know um so yeah just sitting with it even though it's really uncomfortable and if we can bring acceptance to those feelings this is a big part so it's as simple as this so right now I still feel a little bit nervous of coming on here right yeah so all I do is breathe. This is what I've been doing while I've been talking. So I breathe and I'll put some of my attention onto that nervous feeling. And what happens for me is over time, it starts to dissolve just by having awareness on it. We don't have to do. It's not a doing. It's just, it's just a process of watching and the watching transmutes it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's been incredible for me. You know, and there's been days where I've had to sit for days and days with intense feelings. And, you know, when you're in it, you can kind of feel like, oh, this is never going to end. But it's, it's good to remember that everything passes. You know, this too shall pass is a good phrase to remember. Nothing yeah. is forever. You know, the night turns to day and then the day turns to night. When it's, when it's raining, we don't think, oh, it's going to rain forever. <laughs> well, maybe in the northwest England we do, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, the sun eventually comes out again and it's the same for our emotions each each day is different each hour is different and usually when something's coming up it's actually to help us it's like a signpost saying look there's something that needs to be looked at here it's it's not something that's wrong it's not bad it, it's just saying there's something that needs attention and the other advice i will give is um, for me, I wouldn't be where I am without these groups that I've been to. So, and these are essentially started as groups of strangers. And now a lot of them have become real close friends. So I've got, I've got now a network of people that I can turn to and be fully vulnerable with. And that is crucial. That is absolutely crucial because I wouldn't have gone through this process if, if I was just trying to talk to my friends. Like, I didn't feel like I could talk to my friends. Most guys have, like, uh, like you know, this banter. Like, yeah, a bit of banter is good. But when it's constantly ripping each other, how are they ever going to feel like they can open up to each other? They can't. So they all just walk around with this false, you know, this bravado, this false tough face. And 
there's, there's never an opportunity for healing there. So I would say finding a group that you feel safe to sit with and be fully open with is probably the most important part. I'm, so another part of my journey of opening up and, you know, accepting the sensitivity is I started to write poems, right? And for, for the old me, <laughs> this was a big thing. I was like, I am not writing poems. <laughs> so like these words started to come to me and I was like, I am not writing poems. <laughs> I just, I had a massive resistance to it because my ego was poems are for, you know, I don't know. I don't know the right word to use, but um, <laughs> poems are for wussies, you know, like I don't, but, and I actually, I've wrote quite a few and I've got one that's around uh, males. It's called Man Up. If you would like me to read it, I'd be happy to share it. Yeah, do you know, we've got a few minutes left for our call. So would you like to just kind of read that? Now? Are you able to read it now? Yeah, yeah. To kind of sort of just round things off. That would be fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Okay. So Man Up. Hidden under the bravado is a wounded little lad. Showing the world a big, strong face, but at the core is simply sad. We were told to man up every time we cried, conditioning us to bury everything deep down inside. Growing up being held captive by the fear of looking weak, opportunities passed us by to simply sit and speak. Unable to show or express exactly how we're feeling, many becoming lost, unaware we just need healing. Feeling trapped and stuck, many take their own lives, leaving behind friends, their children and their wives. What if we can become aware before we meet our end? Sensitivity is a gift to be embraced, my friend. Just because you're male doesn't mean you shouldn't cry. Open up and free yourself. It must be worth a try. So that's the Man Up poem. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. You should definitely write more poems. Please write more poems. <laughs> we'll be publishing a book at some point, but yeah oh great yeah that'd be fantastic and um you know if you do that you'd be able to come back on would you come back on and read some for us yeah sure yeah i love that so thank you so much and thank you for opening up in such a brave way and with such wisdom and i know that you've been through it to get to that point um i could tell that from your story but please keep going because we need more people like you in the world thank you appreciate your words yeah thank you for coming on the show it's been great to have you welcome thank you for asking me to come on it's been it's been another another step for me like you could probably hear it in my voice still a little bit nervous but it, yeah. you know it's, it's good to good to put yourself through the fear because like I say you only have growth and healing that comes from that so thank you yeah you've done you've done so well you've been brilliant you've Cheers. been really brilliant a real natural so thank you and um maybe you know in a year or so maybe you'd like to come on again and we can see where you are then yeah definitely yeah i'd love to have you back it's been great having you thank you so much for your honesty and your bravery and thank you for leading the way for the new divine masculine in the world from a divine feminine i really appreciate it thank you so thanks to all our listeners we'll be back again with a new episode soon thank you for tuning in bye You've been listening to the Healing the Patriarchy with Love podcast with Luna Anna. 
subscribe and follow to join the tribe of Rebel Hearts.